The Productive Woman, Episode 192. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thank you once again for joining me. In this episode, we'll be talking about the quantified life, the trend toward tracking and measuring various elements of our physical and emotional life. And you'll find more information and links to resources I mentioned all in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 192. Before we start, I just want to remind you, uh, in case this is your first episode, it'll be new, but for those of you who've listened to past episodes, this is a reminder that in July, we'll be celebrating some milestones for the Productive Woman podcast, uh, the four-year anniversary, episode 200. Uh, There are things I'm going to be doing to celebrate and also to thank those who have been part of this community Uh, Among those, I'll be announcing a giveaway very soon. So start watching for information about that. Probably starting next week, you'll see more about it. Uh, I'm going to be doing special episodes in July, and one of those will be an Ask Me Anything episode. This is your chance to ask me any of those questions you might have for me about whatever you want to ask me, whether it's about productivity, about podcasting, about Texas, about me, about being a lawyer, about, uh, as I've said, the meaning of life, about being a mom, any, any questions you have, I, I'm, I'm open to just about anything. So email your questions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. Or if you want to leave a voice message that I could then play in the episode before I answer it, that would be awesome. You can do that by clicking on the voice message button right there on the website at theproductivewoman.com. It's over there on the right-hand side. There's a big button there. Uh, I, As I said, I might play that question on the podcast on that episode. So keep it short, under under a couple minutes at most. And, you know, just introduce yourself briefly, like, hi, this is Donna from Denver. My question is blank. And I'll answer as many of the questions as I can in the episode, but it will take me some time to kind of assemble those, prepare my answers and put them all into an episode and get it edited. So please be sure to get your questions to me by June 10th of 2018. Obviously, if you're listening after that date, it's kind of too late, but uh, you can always email your questions and I'll answer them if I can. Uh, That's just for for the Ask Me Anything episode. And I think it's going to be fun. So I look forward to seeing what your questions are and trying to answer them intelligently. Uh, This episode is brought to you by Text Expander, one of my very favorite apps. I've used it for years on my Mac and iOS devices and was so delighted when a couple years ago they brought out Text Expander for Windows-based computers. It's a tool that helps you communicate smarter because you can be efficient in creating what they call snippets out of things that you email 
or type. It doesn't even have to be just for email. Uh, things that you say repeatedly. So maybe it's directions to your workplace or to your home or mailing addresses or a form of meeting agenda, website URLs. If you're in a sales business, maybe you get lots of questions that have kind of the same answer and you have a common sales response or a support reply anything like that. Words you have trouble spelling, you can create snippets that will then text expander will automatically correct them. Uh, I have snippets for things that I type regularly, but don't have memorized, uh, excuse me, don't have memorized things like my state bar number, instructions for conference call dial-ins, emails that I send frequently for my law practice. There are so many things you can do with text expander. It's very simple, but the concept is once you create this snippet and it's easy to do that, uh, you type a few characters and it expands into anything from a phone number to a f- several paragraphs of formatted text. You can summon your snippets on in any app on Mac, iPad, iPhone, and Windows uh, in various ways. Uh, and they have uh, text expander for teams if you work with a team. And, and there's so much I could say, but the, I, I hear you that I talk too long about uh, some of the sponsors. This is one, it's hard for me to keep it brief because I really, really love text expander. I don't know how to type without it. It saves me so much time and, um, and, and I think it could help you as well. So visit textexpander.com slash podcast for 20% off your first year of Text Expander. And be sure you choose the productive woman from their drop-down list of how did you hear about Text Expander so they know that we sent you. Again, you go to textexpander.com slash podcast and you'll get 20% off your first year of Text Expander. If you try it, would you please let me know? And let me know if you love it as much as I do, if you think I'm blowing smoke, because I, I truly, truly do love Text Expander. It's, it's one of the first things I put on any device that I work in. All right, let's get into our topic today. We're talking about the quantified self, the quantified life. And I I started thinking about this because you may have heard me mention on the show in the past uh, how much I love my Apple Watch. I wear it all the time. I use it, obviously, for telling time, uh, but I use it for a lot of other things, including tracking certain health-related things and motivating me to develop and follow good habits. And the fact that I use it in some of these ways and some of the apps that I use, which I'll talk about here in a minute got me thinking about the pros and cons of tracking and measuring various elements of our life and our health and this whole phenomenon of the quantified life or the quantified self. So I thought I'd talk about that a little bit and I'll be interested to hear if uh, any of this resonates with you, if you're already doing some of these things and how it's working for you. So what is the quantified self? I went, as I do, to some research on this to come up with what what I thought was a really good explanation. There was an article uh, on that I on the Top Coder bl- bl- uh, blog where they basically said this, and here I'm quoting: "In its most concise form, self quantification is the tracking of daily activities through technologies." delivering back to the user some performance analytics. The data and metrics help the user alter a behavior in order to self-improve. 
The soon-to-be-assuaged behavior can be hyper-specific, like wanting to drive your car in the most efficient manner, or it can be much more broad, involving myriad health conditions and goals you are attempting to reach. And this article notes that the most famous quantified self-endeavor to to date is probably Nike Plus, which is, uh, not surprisingly, an initiative of the Nike brand. Uh, and they've got an app and all kinds of things that can track your exercise and various other things. So I thought that was a good explanation of what self-quantification or the quantified self is all about. I also looked um, at Wikipedia to see what it had to say about the quantified self. And um, it had an interesting, you know, a typical long wiki explanation of things, but there were was a pretty good summary of what the quantified self is all about. And and so Wikipedia says that a major application of quantified self has been in health and wellness improvement. Many devices and services help with tracking physical activity, caloric intake, sleep quality, posture, and other factors involved in personal well-being. Uh, and this article says, you know, Corporate wellness programs, for example, often encourage some form of tracking, and genetic testing and other services like that have also become popular as part of this quantified self movement. Um, the, The wiki goes on to say that quantified self is also being used to improve personal or professional productivity, with tools and services being used to help people keep track of what they do during the workday, where they spend their time, who they interact with. And another application has been in the field of education, with wearable devices being used in school so that students can learn more about their own activities and related math and science. So those are some of the, it's kind of a broad overview of when I'm talking about the quantified self or the quantified life, what exactly it is I'm talking about and what it's being used for. It it involves individuals tracking and measuring various things for various reasons, but it also has a community aspect to it um, that involves both sharing data and also some competition. Uh, one article said that there's a strong tendency among self-trackers to share data and collaborate on new ways of using it, Uh, and that insight will come not just from our own numbers, but from combining them with the findings of others. So there are whole communities that that have built up around things like, uh, you know, people that use the Fitbit, for instance, you, you can, there's a web connection with it that you can compare your steps to other people that you know, and kind of compete for who gets the most steps in per day or, or various things like that. There has been, in fact, a whole movement built up around this called Quantified Self. And I'll share the link both to these articles I've mentioned before and to the Quantified Self website uh, and uh, that has tons of people involved doing tons of things. And the best way to summarize what Quantified Self is, that is the official, you know, like initial caps, Quantified Self, is from their website. It says, Quantified Self Labs is a California-based company founded by Gary Wolf and Kevin Kelly that serves the Quantified Self user community worldwide by producing international meetings, conferences and expositions, community forums, web content and services, and a guide to self-tracking tools. 
are you, the, the website goes on to say, are you interested in self-tracking? Do you have questions to ask or knowledge to share? We welcome your questions and contributions. We are here to help. So again, there's this whole quantified self. Lowercase is the kind of the bigger picture um, phenomenon, I guess, that's developed in the last 10 years or so. But quantified self initial caps is an actual business built up around this whole concept of tracking various elements of our life and sharing that information and what we can learn from it. So why, why self-track? Why quantify, you know, gather numbers about yourself? Uh, there are there benefits to it? Sure, there are. I mean, there. The first one that I thought of is the benefit of awareness. We've discussed that many times in the past, as a key first step toward identifying and accomplishing goals. So, gathering data about what we're doing, or about what our body's doing, what our mind is doing, uh, various other things can can help us focus our attention on areas where we want to improve perhaps, or where we're doing well, and also can help us with the intentional building of habits that will get us from where we are to where we want to go. So gathering data can be a good thing in that sense, building that awareness. And the act of tracking and recording certain behaviors can make us very aware of those behaviors. And it also can help motivate us uh, by, if it's a, a behavior we want to encourage and continue, by creating chains, if we're recording that data, the longer of chain, the chain of days that we've done, you know, whatever it is, whether it's workout or read a, you know, a, a mind improving book or whatever, the longer that chain of days is, the more motivated we are to do it again the next day to avoid breaking that chain or leaving a gap in our tracking chart. So that awareness, that motivation uh, are, I think, can be benefits of this self-tracking. Accountability is another one, especially if we use a surface service like Fitbit or something like that, or even Nike plus that, that has the option to publish our results. And on all of these, as far as I know, you can use the tool without publishing or sharing your results. But if you do, or even if you, we just share our results with one person who's an accountability buddy that creates that motivation to do it. If we know it's like the benefit of a mastermind. Uh, we've talked about this many times that, one of the great benefits of it is that knowing you're going to be accountable, that somebody's going to ask you at the next meeting, did you do this thing that you said you wanted to do? That all by itself, knowing you're going to have to report back, that you've chosen to report back to somebody, can motivate you to get it done maybe when you're not feeling like doing it. So accountability can be a real plus in this tracking and quantifying. Another benefit is the... Um, what we can learn from crowdsourcing that aggregated data. It can help us identify patterns um, across numbers of people or seeing how other people are functioning in ways uh, maybe that we can improve in or, or whatever. Uh, one of the articles that I read and I'm quoting here says people with a diverse range of health problems have used self-tracking devices to monitor medical treatments for acute diseases or chronic conditions, evaluate the moods created by eating certain foods, track their alcohol consumption, and many more aspects of their bodily functions, health and illness states. 
Patients have also been able to crowdsource the data they've collected on websites such as Patients Like Me and Cure Together, allowing the massing of data for a better understanding of what treatments are effective. And this article was a, a sociology study on living the quantified life and the realities of self-tracking for health. And that is a particularly, I think, uh, interesting social value to this self-tracking or self-quantification movement. If we can gather, and, and researchers and medical professionals have seen the value of gathering this data um, and and looking for the patterns in, uh, across groups of people, to, and, and that's another benefit of it that I found uh, it, it can lead to improved medical care. Self-tracking or self-quantification isn't only for those with, a, say, a medical condition, but that's certainly a, a really valuable use of it. Uh, there was an article in Stanford Medicine talking about a program that Stanford instituted a few years ago to help doctors gather information from patients uh, that was useful in helping the doctors treat chronic diseases. So there's real benefit there. The, in tracking certain kinds of things, whether it's your pain level or what you ate and kind of tying that to how your mood on different days. Those are the kinds of things that can be treated. Uh, the re reactions to various treatments and things like that can be huge. So there are benefits to this self-tracking, this self-quantification, so to speak. Are there downsides? I think there can be. I think one of them could be depending on our personality, uh, you know, it can lead to kind of an obsession, an unhealthy focus and wasted time gathering data instead of doing stuff, um, gathering data and judging ourselves based on it, wasting time gathering too much data and focusing too much on those numbers. These are tools to self-awareness and intentional living, not ends in and of themselves. And I think it's really important to remember that uh, because you don't want it to kind of veer off into this obsession with what are my numbers, what are my statistics, what is, you know, filling in charts. Uh, similarly, I think there can be a loss of perspective that can come if we spend too much time focusing on those numbers and we can forget what really matters. We can forget that we are more than what we weigh or what you know, the quality of the books that we read or whatever other numbers you may gather and, and keep track of. So it's important not to lose perspective in doing this. Uh, I think self-criticism could be a downside of it. And some of us as women are real prone to that anyway. Uh, and so the question becomes, can we measure these things, whatever it is that we, we've decided we want to track and measure, can we measure those things, look for patterns, and make intentional choices about what to do with that information without beating ourselves up or judging ourselves by the results of what we track and measure? That, I think, is a really critical question. If we are a, a real simple example, probably a common example for a lot of us is tracking our weight. And, um, and that's something I've been doing because I'm trying to develop better eating habits and exercise habits. And one way for me to do that is to keep track of certain things, but I only weigh myself once a month on the first day of the month. And I've been keeping track of it in a chart in my bullet journal. And it would be real easy 
to let my, uh, how I feel about myself be affected by whether that chart line is going down or up. And so it's important not to let ourselves do that. So I think you need to be aware of your own tendencies in considering whether this is something you want to do. There are also privacy concerns related with some of this self-quantification. Many of the apps and websites gathering information uh, store it on their website or in the app. And the question is, what are they doing with that data? And, and I've, I'll put a link in the show notes to some articles that talk about some of this, uh, that are they uh, identifying, are they using any of that data in a way that identifies where it came from? I would say probably not, but I don't know. Uh, but are they taking that inf- data, those data and selling them? I don't know. So uh, there was a really good, that, that sociology article that I mentioned earlier on the quantified self said some things about, uh, summarized some of the down, potential downsides of self-tracking and the self-quantification that I thought was worth sharing. And I, I, I'm going to quote from the article a little bit at length just because I thought it was really good. And again, the link is there. I encourage you to check it out and read it. Uh, The link will be in the show notes. So the article says, users who have tried, some users who have tried self-tracking for health have suggested that the intense focus on the body that these devices encourage may place too much pressure on oneself, leading to feelings of failure and self-hatred. It has been argued that intense self-tracking may cause cyberchondria, and they've got that in quotes, leading to people becoming unduly anxious about their health state based on the data they collect. Devices may be used by people such as anorexics to facilitate health-destructive behaviors by engaging in too much obsessive self-tracking. Activities such as walking may become viewed through the lens of the self-tracking device rather than for the other pleasures they may bring. Um, which, and I want to pause here. I think that's the important thing. There's nothing wrong with, you know, counting your steps or letting an app count your steps, but do we get so focused on getting those steps in and getting the, you know, the rings on my Apple watch to close and forget to enjoy the walk that we're on? Um, you know, we don't want that to happen. Uh, the art, the article goes on to say pro- also that privacy issues are a concern as more and more data are collected by self trackers. The manufacturers of self tracking devices are beginning to approach workplaces as a site for encouraging people to use them and compete against each other. There are concerns that people may feel pressured into using them to meet employers' expectations and that employers may use the data. Other critics have questioned what may happen if health insurance companies begin to expect their clients to use the devices if they wish to avoid higher premiums. The quality and efficacy of health apps and their potential for harming rather than promoting users' health have also been questioned given that they're currently not regulated. So, you know, a lot of things to think about there. I thought that was a really um, thoughtful article on this sociology website and uh, worth worth considering. Nevertheless, there are, as I've already said, values in doing this and raising your awareness. If you can walk that line and, and kind of manage your own thinking about whatever the results are. 
there are a lot of tools that you can use for tracking in this whole quantified self world. Uh, I've mentioned the Fitbit. I use my Apple Watch for tracking a number of things. There are phone apps that you can use. There are websites. There are lots of different kinds of of wearable tech that will track different things for you. But there's also paper that you can use. The bullet journal community shares all kinds of trackers for everything you can imagine related to your physical and mental and emotional well-being. And, uh, you know, if you go onto Pinterest and look for bullet journal trackers, you'll find countless ideas if, you, if that's something you want to do. One little component, and I kind of put this under tools because I wasn't sure where else to put it, but a lot of these apps and websites and tools use something they call, that's called gamification, uh, turning it into a game to uh, keep us engaged in whatever the tracking thing is and to get us to pursue those good habits. And uh, one article talked about the difference between quantification, which includes self-tracking, data analysis, and graphic layout, which provides the rational basis for, in this case, they were talking about dietary regimes, and says, on the other hand, gamification provides the emotional support needed to maintain motivation and continue with the diet. So it was talking about how health apps uh, keep us motivated to do certain things. And it, the example it was giving is if you're on a diet, say you're wanting to lose weight. So the counting, the numbers and all of that provides the what they're referring to as the rational basis, the hard facts, so to speak. But gamification gives us that emotional support to keep us motivated. Um, and gamification, it says, is uh, this other article called Doing Things with Numbers. And I thought that was a, a very interesting uh, uh, scholarly journal that it came out of. Defined gamification as the use of game design elements in a non-game context. And it can serve to increase individuals' health. Gamification, this article says, facilitates and supports our pursuit of goals and appears to enhance support uh, performance. So there's a, oh, God, I can't think of what the name of it. It's not one that I've done, but it's like Zombie Run or something. One of my guests a, a while back mentioned an app that they use. Uh, she uses for her running program that is kind of a zombie game, like you're trying to outrun the zombies. It's the zombie apocalypse. Uh, excuse me, the zombie apocalypse. And um, that turns it into a game that keeps you running. Uh, even though you know it's a game, that's, you know, it helps keep you motivated. So I thought that was an interesting to think about. So what are some of the things that you might want to track? And I'll share just, uh, there's a number of things here. Uh, I'm not going to you know, list all the various options, but I will in the show notes for this episode, I'll put links to some of the apps or some resources that recommend different apps or, or tools that you can use. So one that you can track, um, and something that I've been tracking is my sleep. So I use an app called auto sleep together with, with its companion app, HeartWatch, uh, that are on my they're on my phone and they are on my Apple watch, which I wear while I sleep and they, it tracks, 
uh, how long I am asleep, how long I'm in deep REM sleep, and kind of if I wake up in the night, and it tracks my heart rate throughout the night to measure the the quality of my sleep. And so I've been using those in conjunction with a chart in my bullet journal. And I'll see if I can find, I got the idea for this particular tracking chart from Kara Benz um, and, uh, you know, Boho Berry, who was a guest on the show. I'll see if I can find a link to one of her YouTube videos where she talked about this particular tracker. But it's been helpful to me to kind of see uh, when I sleep well, the difference between nights that I sleep well and nights that I don't and that sort of thing. And I've got a couple of articles that I'll link to that evaluate uh, various trackers you can use if tracking your sleep is something you're interested in. Lots of people want to track their weight and there are various ways you can do that. There, Among them are Wi-Fi connected scales. So I have a Fitbit area, which not only connects to my an app on my phone to record my weight when I weigh myself, but it also tracks body fat percentage. And I got to confess, I don't understand how it does that, but I know it only uh, measures my body fat percentage if I'm barefoot when I step on the scale. So I, 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 I didn't bother to go look and figure out how it does that. But that's one tool that you can use. Uh, women track their periods for various reasons, either because they have difficult ones or sporadic ones or because they're trying to get pregnant or any number of things. And so there are ways you can track that, you know, in something as simple as a chart and a notebook. A lot of folks track the food that they eat. That has long been a, um, an important tool for weight loss and, and weight management because writing it down makes us more aware. It goes back to the awareness and intentionality that we've talked about before. And so most weight loss experts will say one of the first steps is to start keeping track, writing down everything you eat, what you eat, what time you eat it, how much of it you eat. And you can do that in a notebook or the Lose It app is a very popular app. I think it's available on all the various platforms that not only can track can you track what you eat in there, but you can set various goals. And it's another one that has a community aspect that you can share and, um, you know, compete, so to speak, or have others hold you accountable for. Uh, people track their exercise and that may be something you want to do, especially if you're training for something like a marathon or a half marathon or, or something like that. Track your exercise, the days that you exercise, uh, the perceived effort, the, uh, amount of time you spent your, you know, the number of reps you did or the number of miles you ran, any of that sort of thing can have interesting, uh, ramifications and be in just interesting information to have for your fitness and well being. Uh, maybe you want to track the number, the, the books that you read. That's something I'm trying to do. It's hard for me to remember to write it down. I read a lot. I always have read a lot, but I thought it would be interesting this year to keep track of the books I read and what I thought of them. And so I have a chart in my bullet journal where when I finish a book, I write, I just write in the author, the title, the author, uh, what, month I finished reading it in, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, and then a simple rating of one to five with one being low and five being high. And I, I just, you know, does there, does it have any 
real significance. No, there was, this is just something I wanted to do. But if one of your goals is to read more or to uh, read more of a certain type of book, say personal development or something, then tracking what you read may be helpful in keeping you on track to accomplish that goal. Lots of people, uh, especially like in the bullet journal community and in certain health and wellness communities, tracking moods can be very important. And uh, sometimes you want to do that in, in conjunction with other things like what you ate or what, how much activity you got. And it can be interesting to kind of juxtapose those tracking charts and, and see, is there a pattern? Is my mood better on the days that I work out or that I don't eat sugar Does my or vice versa? So that can be a helpful bit of information. It can also be helpful in connection with uh, certain health conditions and whether it's physical or uh, psychological health, it may be important to track your moods. I've linked in the show notes to a couple of articles that discuss good apps for tracking moods if you want to do it electronically. Like I said, I do it in my um, from time to time in my uh, bullet journal. People may track their pain levels. People with chronic pain or illnesses of various kind, uh, that may be important information for your doctors to have, for the caregivers that you're working with. If you track your pain level, pain, the qualities of pain, the kind of pain you're feeling, uh, that may be something you want to track and 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 quantify, so to speak. And I will. I'm link a link to a, an article in the show notes that rates some various pain tracking diaries type of things. Tracking water intake can be valuable. We most of us don't drink enough water, and that's what the experts tell me. And so this is one of those things that I started tracking to get myself to drink more water. I have an app on my phone and on my watch. And so one of the complications on this, the face of my Apple watch is just a little dot with a ring around it that each time I drink water and I log in the amount of water I drink, it, um, fills in some more of the circle. And when I've reached my goal in ounces for the day, then it completes the circle. And just, I, I personally am motivated to fill in that circle. So it reminds me to, uh, to not only to drink water, but to log it. And the thing will ping me every once in a while and remind me to drink a glass of water. And so I'll link to Waterminder, but there are others as well. A lot of people track their spending and that can be a really important thing. If you, if you've got financial goals or long-term goals related to your finances, keeping track of what you spend and what, and you know, when and how much and, um, on what uh, can be really important to you uh, being motivated to be wiser, maybe about spending your money. But this is another thing, you know, this might be another one to, uh, that would be interesting to, to juxtapose it with your mood tracker. Do you spend more money when you're down or, uh, when you're cheerful? Is there any correlation between the days you spend more than you should have and what your mood was like on that day? There are a couple of great apps for tracking spending. Lots of them, actually. A couple of them that come to mind that I've tried or looked at are Mint 
and you need a budget. And I will link to both of those in the show notes. So those are some, just a few of the things you can track if you want to be living that quantified life to, if, if being, if the quantified self is of value to you, will help you become more aware and more intentional about what you're doing. Remembering to watch out for those potential pitfalls of uh, getting too focused on the numbers and losing sight of what really matters. And so uh, you may have other ideas of things that you'd like to track or that you already track, and I'd like to hear what those are. A couple thoughts as I, I wrap this up, just a couple tips to keep in mind. I, I would say this can be fun or entertaining. It can be useful information to have, but don't let it turn into another must-do on your to-do list. This is something that you do it if it helps. Don't do it if it doesn't. It's a tool, not a goal. And... Uh, be a little lighthearted about it. Um, second thing is don't try to track everything. If you want to be a little more of a quantified self, live a little more of a quantified life, think about what information would be useful for you to have in addressing an obstacle in your life or a goal that you've struggled to accomplish or something like that. And just track one or two things. So for me, mostly I, I track my sleep and I probably won't do that next month. I've been doing it for the last, I don't know, three or four months, five months, maybe probably won't do it next month. I've seen some patterns, made some changes based on it. And then it'll be something that maybe I'll do intermittently instead of all the time. I track the water I drink just because I want to make sure I drink enough. And you know, sometimes I track my mood, but sometimes I forget to put it in there. You don't need to track everything. Just figure out what's uh, useful to you in con- in the context of the goals you have for your life and find easy ways to track that. And the third thing is you don't need to track all the time. You can get a lot of useful information by tracking certain things just for a, a defined period of time, whether it's, you know, everything you eat for a day, uh, how much you spend in a month, the, you know, how much exercise you get in a week or whatever, and, and just doing it intermittently. Like I said, I've tracked my sleep every night for the last few months. I'm going to cr- probably quit doing that for a while, but I'll do it again in six months and see if anything's changed. So those are some tips that I have if this whole idea of self-quantification is interesting to you. But what do you think? Do you track any of these sorts of things in your life? How do you do it? And and how does it help you in your journey to making a life that matters? I'd really be interested to hear from you on this. Uh, as always, you there are a number of ways you can share your questions or thoughts. There's the comments section of the show notes for this episode, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 192. Or you can post a comment or question in the Productive Woman Facebook page or in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group. If you're a woman who listens to the show and if you're not in the the group already, come and join us there. I'd love to have you there. If you want to share your thoughts about this with me privately, I'm always excited to hear from you. You can email those questions, comments, suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. What else? Just a couple things, just a reminder, I've got that Ask Me Anything episode coming up. Uh, I'd love to have your questions about whatever you want to ask me. The, the door is wide open. I mean, 
if it gets too incredibly personal or I don't think any of you would ask anything inappropriate, but I do reserve the right to maybe tailor the questions a little bit. But anyway, I'd love to hear your questions. Email those to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com or leave a voice message by clicking on that button on the website. And don't forget uh, to check out Text Expander if you haven't already. You can get 20% off your first year of this amazing, useful, productive tool by going to textexpander.com slash podcast. And be sure to choose the productive woman from their drop down. How did you hear about Text Expander question? So they'll know that I sent you. Thank you so much to Text Expander for not only for supporting the productive woman, but for making my life easier for the last, I don't even remember how many years. All right, that's it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you again and again for spending this time with me. I I don't take it for granted. I want, want this to be of value to you. And I hope you found something in this episode that was interesting, helpful, insightful, whatever. I look forward to hearing from you, hearing your thoughts on this topic or anything else. And I very much look forward to talking with you again soon. So until next time, remember to extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.